world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus and I am your host. I'm joined today by my good sidekick, uh, Gunnar Hilsey Trevor, uh, also Capodan and a very late re- uh, replacement. Um, and he's ill uh, with COVID. Uh, we got uh, Posh Gunnar, we got Dell. Um, how are we, lads? Uh, we're going to look. Listen, before I ask you how you are, what we're going to do is we we're, we're going to look back at the Southampton game, probably the Southampton, West Ham, Liverpool sort of trio of games to a certain degree. But we're more often than not going we're going to try and look forward to the huge game that we've got on Wednesday night uh, against Man City, and we're going to try and be as as positive and upbeat as we can be because that's that's normally how how, how we go Del, i'm going to ask you how you are because your voice is all over the place and you're full of snuffles <laughs> and everything else how are you doing mate i'm all good gents good to see you i feel like i'm not seeing you guys in ages so uh thanks for having me on yeah we'll see you on tuesday for the chelsea game won't we in 10 days my missus first game of the season as well so she's got don't you come near me on tuesday Del boy I'll be all right by then, Trev. Don't you worry about that. That's a week away, yeah? At my age, that COVID could finish me. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's not confirmed COVID, but it's just, yeah, I was with two people who have it. But anyway, it's a different story. How are we, gents? Yeah, quite good. Um, Dan, you're smiling. I like that. Yeah, I've, I've actually not had a bad a bad weekend, in all fairness. Look, Saturday, I, I, I woke up and I, I just felt gutted and I think like a bit everyone else. But there's a lot of positives, I think, to come out of that too. And ultimately, going into Sunday, and um, a very small team in Middlesex got absolutely battered. Um, that has definitely cheered me up. And look, we've got a lot to look ahead to. We've got a huge, huge game on Wednesday, which is defining and only something we could have dreamt of at the beginning of the season, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Dale, can you go on mute when you're? Because uh, you're just clearing your throat a little, please, mate. And uh, go on mute. Can you? Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah, I can hear you. Just go mute on the on the screen. My bad. Sorry. Yeah, cool. Um, that's it. Perfect. Trev, uh, Friday night, we had a few beers. Uh, you were late on parade. I had to go on. Uh, I, I had to take your uh, your place and make sure we didn't lose our table. Uh, but like like a good friend I am, I, you know, I took I took the plunge. I took the sacrifice and sank several Guinnesses. You, you had a beer waiting, which I was very grateful for. Um, then we went and visited your brother who lives so I'm so jealous of him because he lives I counted it he lives about 23 steps from the old entrance to the marble halls um and then we had uh, we watched a game of football that was in it could even be described as astonishing because we sort of reversed the trend from previous weeks where we've started really well and then seemed to drop off and we thought there was a pattern developing there Stone meat, they turn it all around on Friday and they start poorly and 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 finish like a team of champions, you know. So but that's done for me. Well, I know we're gonna discuss it. Um, I was devastated, I was down, but I'm still gonna go on Wednesday and we're gonna talk about this later and we're all gonna smile because we're going on Wednesday to watch our young team, our young team, in with a chance of 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 establishing themselves in 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 at the top of the Premier League with a great chance of winning it. So all in all, down, not too down, now buzzing. Look, ready for Wednesday now. Everything else is gone. Ready for Wednesday. few beers with you, good lads. Great night. Go and watch the Arsenal. Win, lose or draw. We'll have a few beers after. And uh, I, I can't get upset with this season, Fergus. Can't. It's been too good. Mm, 
you know, it has it has been a great season. We will we, we, we will talk about that season, uh, and and we're coming towards the end of it, and and it's just been brilliant. Listen, um, Friday night, uh, I've got the video clip. Should we show the video clip that we done, me and you, Trev? Oh, I think we'll do... I must say first of all, though, I had the shirt on first. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> Have a look at this. Tall kid. <laughs> Sorted out a ticket for my brother. We've had a few beers and um, we're around my brother's uh, having, having a Camden's. This Camden's is much better than the Cam nice. Camden's in, in, in the stadium. Um, Rory, cue the music. Well, I'm going to cry now. Oh, it does me every time. It does. I like that shirt you're wearing. Please. I like that shirt too. <laughs> I should get one. No, you should get one. <laughs> I'm surprised they're doing them in your size. <laughs> You can go off people, you know. You know, no, you can. No, never. Oh. oh, man. Here we go. We're off to the Emirates in about five minutes time. Massive games. We really need a big win. Not just a win, but a win that's going to change that goal difference a little bit further. If we play anything like our best, we'll win by a mile tonight, eh? Tonight's more important than Wednesday at this moment in time. I don't even think about Wednesday at this moment in time. Get tonight out of the way and then Wednesday will be on my mind. It'll be on my mind con constantly until we get to that ground and watch that game. No Zinni, no Saliba, possibly no Shaka. Yeah, but we're good enough to beat this one. We're good enough to beat this one. And let's hope we do it, eh? We've got to keep on talking until this bit starts. Oh, God. What's that? I don't know this song. What's this song then? Kev, have a, have a listen to this song when it goes. Because this is going to go right round the Emirates later on. Oh, by the way, Sophie, have a great weekend with all them Arsenal fans. They've got that big media in Chicago. I'm not sure where it is, mate, but uh, there's loads of them going. Wish I was there. I'm not talking anymore. I've got to listen. Oh, come on, you guys. Whatever. These streets are our own. And my heart will leave you never. My blood will forever run through the stone. Well, obviously, you didn't hold that note at the end very well. No, I didn't. <laughs> we are seconds, seconds away from the hall to Highbury, and then we're going to go to the stadium. We'll walk past them. Up the Arsenal. We'll do a. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it, it it's actually quite um quite appropriate that we do that because that was the feeling how how we're feeling. We left the Woodbine and we're going to the stadium. We had to stop off at, at Rory's to sort your ticket out. And we didn't know what the lineups were. We had rumors that Shaka wasn't going to turn up. Uh, sorry, Shaka wasn't going to be able to play. Um Zinni wasn't playing and Saliba clearly wasn't playing as well. So, you know, we were full of hope. And we went into this uh thinking how important the game was for goal difference and, and for points and everything else. Um, Shaka missed his first game uh, in 16 uh, months. Zinni and Ben White achieved 100 games for the Arsenal. Uh, and we're up against a Southampton who hadn't uh, won at Arsenal since 1987. Maitland-Niles can't play against us. And Southampton, that Southampton had uh, lost 14 of the last 19 games. The lineup. Um, Let's look at this lineup then. Trev, I'll go to you with the lineup. What did you make with the lineup? The best we could do with uh, some of the absentees. We had Ramsdale, White, Holding, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Party, Vieira, Odegaard, Saka, Jesus, and Martinelli. 
I mean, not bad lineup, was it, Trev? It's clearly obvious that that Granit Xhaka, to, to me, was a huge miss. We, we've got to hold our hands up and say that he's been in, been really, really good this season, and and it just goes to show we missed him. But as I said in that little clip we did there, Fergus, before the game, I don't know about you boys, but I couldn't see us losing the game. Could not see us losing the game. I thought we were actually too good for Southampton to get near us. And to be honest with you, it showed in the game that if we'd have played as we should have done all game, then we were too good. We just, bit of, for me, a bit of calamitous defending at times, saw them take a 3-1 lead. And I can remember talking, we talked, I talked to Dan at half-time when they were 2-1 up. And uh, Dan looked at me and said, don't worry, mate, we won't lose this. And I said, Dan, you're absolutely right, mate. I'm not worried at all. I can't see us losing it. And then, of course, we give the third goal away and it's, it's all up in the air. But as for the team, Fergus, it was good enough on its day to give Southampton, not just to win the game, but to give them a beating. And we, we, we didn't play that to, to that standard at all. Um, missed Xhaka poorly. Really missed Granite Xhaka. And I'm going to say now with the team selection, Rob Holding's in. Get used to it because he's going to be in as long as as long as um, Saliba's not fit, you know. And like him or love him, he's doing his best for our football club. He, he, he plays with his hand on his heart and he does his best for our football club. So get used to him. Let's hope we can play well on Wednesday with him in the side. Dale, the, 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 the Vieira selection over Jorginho, did that puzzle you? Did you understand why? Were you happy with it? Uh, I don't want to be too negative just because obviously it's easy to jump on the bandwagon when things ain't necessarily going our way. But I did question that a couple of times uh, throughout the game. I'm yet to see anything from Vieira that convinces me there's a player in there. I know there clearly is because, I mean, ultimately I'm not the manager or the hierarchy of Arsenal Football Club. Those guys know what they're talking about. But I'm still not convinced. He's had numerous chances now. I thought he was poor again um, the other night. And touching on Rob Holding, I don't actually blame Rob Holding for a lot of what... Uh, I mean, when you look at what's... Uh, the, I wouldn't even say the errors he's made because he's not made, He's not done done much wrong at all. We're just used to a, a Rolls-Royce in Saliba, so we've got such high standards these days. But many of the errors that are being forced at the back are coming from midfield when we are missing the likes of Xhaka and people like that. So, yeah, I'll... I'll all in. I mean, I wasn't surprised by the team selection, but I did question the Vieira bit. Mm, 28 seconds in, Dan. Ramsdale um, uh, concedes a, a very early goal. Um, it's not the first time we had it against Bournemouth. Bournemouth uh, worked out um, uh, like a set piece from the kickoff, which was really clever. And I could see other teams adapting similar sort of tactics, not necessarily always against us, but against other teams, uh, to use the kickoff as a set piece. It nearly came up for Leeds, but Ramsdale saved us uh, on that one. So that's three games in a row that um, teams have tried to come at us very, very quick and on the break uh, when we're not really set. What was your thoughts on, on, on the set piece as such and the conceding of the early goal? I mean, it seems to be a tactic that they're... Um they're using when we're at home because obviously it doesn't seem to happen away from home much. We seem to come out on the front foot, but it's um, it's obviously a tactic to to try and not let us get on top when teams come to us. And I think it has absolutely changed that game because, you know, we talk about the likes of Vieira and whether he should or shouldn't be in the lineup. I think if we don't concede that early goal, I think he'll probably have a different game himself. 
I think if, mm. if we start to to get on top the first two or three minutes, dominate play, it will start to find spaces. Whereas, you know, you've given them a confidence boost right from the start and it, it makes such a, such a big difference. And then you've then got young lads. And I think people still forget how young this team is, how inexperienced this team is. And you've got young lads on the back foot. And then ultimately, I think we actually responded very, very well to that goal. I think we responded very well to every goal that we conceded, in all fairness. Um, we were unlucky and we made a few mistakes. Like you, you shared a couple of pictures, and this particular picture is the is the first goal after let's say twenty eight seconds, twenty seven seconds. What's a second between friends? Uh, talk to us through why you, you you particularly want to share this 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 picture. Yeah, it just it, it just really surprised me because ultimately they've got two attackers that are sitting on our two ball receiving midfielders at that point. Obviously Zinchenko coming in and and Partey, and they've narrowed the gap. And said, go and go and play it wide. But we've still near enough refused to play it there. And we've said, no, we're going to try and play it centrally, where ultimately the, the ball can quite easily get intercepted. Now, I'm just surprised that we've made that decision early on, right? I think if we're really trying to get on the ball at a later part of a game, I can understand it. But 28 seconds in, I mean, just roll it either to Gabriel or to Rob Holding. Um, is it something that they don't feel as comfortable playing out from the back at the minute for, for various reasons or not. I'm not too sure, but it was a, for me, a strange decision, but look, a young, a young goalkeeper will make mistakes and young defenders and young goalkeepers, when they make mistakes, get punished. It's not like you've got a young winger that can make mistakes and, and it can really get brushed over. If you make a mistake like that, you are likely to concede either a big chance or a goal. And ultimately that's what, that's what happened. Uh, yeah, there's, there's there's a video clip I'm going to try and get. Um, Trev um, Zinchenko in that in that one is is actually calling for the ball um, on on there, um, and you know the the style of play we're playing. Right. You know, I don't think they've done too much wrong there. It was just a bit of luck. Do you think? No. I, do you know what, mate? Fergus? It's funny, mate, because I've been thinking about it today, and. I don't think it was a bit of luck. I think that Southampton have done their own work, if I'm honest. They probably knew that we'd given an early goal. Well, they did know that we'd given an early goal against Bournemouth. They knew that we very nearly gave an early goal against Leeds and they had a bit of a plan. I think they were waiting, looking at uh, as soon as um, as soon as Ramsdale shaped a kickback, they thought, sod it, we're just going to charge towards the ball. And they've got to the ball in front of Zinchenko and, and our lads are not used to that. Um, mm. I, I'm going to give I, I mean it's a ball that should never have been played but I'm going to give Southampton some credit for probably coming up with a game plan that got them ahead in the game and Dan's exactly right and it was just the start we didn't need it we, we, we were battling the referee and time wasting as well from that but you know talking about um, defenders um, um, Ferg, there's a comment there from Heath in the comments it's quite long I've starred it um, when we move on a little bit here, we'll come back to that. I want to talk about that because it's a really interesting and important point that Heath makes there, mate. But no, start again for me. Early, you know, we I, I'm going to give Southampton the credit there. I think they've probably watched us play, watch what we do, know that that although we've got people wide, we like Ramsdale likes to slot the ball straight for Zinchenko to flick it left or right and then open the space up the flanks. And I honestly think that Southampton fought right the first time he tries to pass it out, we are going to charge straight at the defender and they've got their first and, and I'm going to give them credit for that. Now that's, yeah, no, I, I, to be honest, credit where credit is due and I think we should, we should be crediting teams like 
Southampton, as we said, uh, hadn't won 14 after the last 19 games. 2-0, Theo Walcott uh, gets a goal. Um, didn't celebrate, Dale. Um, you know, again, I, it, there's some pictures that we'll, we'll talk through. So positioning, which Dan will also talk about as well. You can see this is just as we're in possession. And then a couple of seconds later, we lose possession. My, my, my observation on here is where Holding is, and I'm not having a downer on Holding because I think Holding has done a great job for, for, uh, for filling in. Uh, but I do feel that we talked about earlier in the first goal about difficulties or worries about playing out from the back. I think Holding is not comfortable with playing out from the back. But did you think Holding should have been closer up onto, uh, is it, I, I can't pronounce his name, the Southampton player? I mean, there's an argument to say both sides of that, to be the truth be told. I mean, the reality is we shouldn't have lost the ball where we lost the ball. Um, I, I love the fact that Theo didn't celebrate. It just goes to show that he is a gooner. We always say once a gooner, always a gooner. It's very uh, easy for people to to celebrate in the heat of the moment, but and and especially for him, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have disliked what he, if, if he celebrated. But putting putting your team two and up. And by the way, it was it was a good finish and a good through ball as well. I can't take anything away from that. But uh, yeah, I mean, fair play to Theo. But going back to the holding point, uh, no, I, I, we shouldn't have lost that ball in the first place. Well, we did. I mean, could he have been a bit higher at the pitch? Yeah, maybe. Um, but no, don't fault him at all. Dan Saka's on the ball at that point. Um, has Dale's got a point that we shouldn't be losing the ball right there? I mean, absolutely. I mean, you definitely shouldn't be losing the, the ball there. And if you do, you need players around to be able to press and, and recover the ball. But there's, there's two parts to this, right? And I think people are unnecessarily going on on Rob Holding and saying about, He's been poor defensively. He hasn't been poor defensively at all. He hasn't actually, I don't think, made a mistake that's that's led to a goal. I think defensively, he's been very, very solid. He's done everything that you would expect Rob Holding to do. And the mistakes that have been made have been made by other team members. You know, the mistakes in this goal was by the midfielder losing the ball. It was then by Vieira being too high up on the other side and not be able to get behind Partey when Partey's up high. The mistake is then Gabriel turns and doesn't see the running behind him. They're the mistakes that have made. Rob Holding hasn't made a mistake. But what Rob Holding does do is, because it's not his strong point to get on the ball and play to play like Saliba does, he'll drop off two yards. And he drops off two yards because, one, he doesn't have the confidence to play on the ball. And, two, he's probably not got the ability to play on the ball as well as a Saliba does. So he'll drop off, try and give himself some space. And ultimately, what normally happens is he gets pressed and he plays the ball on. But in this instance, he's dropped off and he's, there's now a big, big space in that midfield. And that's not just Rob Holding's um, fault. That's, as I said, Vieira's fault as well. You can see sort of further up that should be getting round, I think, in, in the next one and three seconds later, where you can see there's a big, big gap. And we've got to be better here in terms of recovering the ball or getting back into a defensive shape. But Rob Holding doesn't, doesn't help in this situation is what I'm trying to say. Tactically, when you're on the ball, he he near enough draws pressure on our team when he plays the ball long over the top at times or creates pressure by leaving spaces for other people to run in. But there's a stat, and I probably want to throw over to Trevor after this. There's a stat that since Rob Holding's come in for Saliba, we've gone from expected goals against from second down to 19th in the league. And I think everyone keeps saying it's, it's holding, it's holding, it's holding. As I said, I don't think he's made a mistake, but I think tactically what, has changed in this team is a big, big problem. And I don't think that's Rob Holding to 
to solve that. I think it's actually Arteta that needs to solve that and needs to realise that he's got a player now that can't play in the same system. And if you're going to keep trying to play that way, it isn't going to work. Trevor? Yeah, um, I think the key point for me is that people have got, Dan just mentioned it, keep, people have got to remember and that holding isn't a William Saliba. William Saliba is probably one of the best central midfielders, cent, excuse me, central defenders that we've had at the club and he's, only, he's not played a full season yet. You know, he really is at that quality player. He, he's good on the ball. He makes space for himself. He's quick. And, and Rob Holding doesn't hold all those attributes, you know. But he's coming in and he's playing for the Arsenal. And and I honestly think, the, for me at the weekend, the bigger, as Dan rightly said, there was other problems in the defence. So I think, the, for me at the weekend, the bigger problem was the fact that Vieira played instead of Xhaka. And Xhaka will, drop, will see things quicker and drop back and cover spaces in defence. You know, if Zinchenko's pushed across into midfield, then either Xhaka or Party will immediately drop left or even drop in the centre defence and Gabriel moves left, you know. And so I think that was more of where the problem lied rather than with holding. But I do, Dan, you're exactly right in what you say. Holding is no Saliba. But he, Rob Holding all know that. Rob Holding all know that, you know, and is what we've got. Is what we've got. I don't know what more we can say about him. I think yeah. Ferguson's dying for a way. Look, he's gone. Look, we've annoyed him with Rob Holding chat, but um, I, th I think you're right. And ultimately, as you said, Rob Holding does know that, and I think that's why he's dropping off. But there's something tactically. We've just lost our ability for some reason to sort of sustain pressure, to stay compact, keep a high line, and ultimately, we're not winning the second balls and blocking the passing lanes that we were beforehand. And I don't think this is just Rob Holding, but I think tactically there is there is another problem there that needs solving. I, I think you sorry one second Dale I think I think I think you make a really good point about it's Arteta's problem to solve because we saw against West Ham where he played Tierney in a Zinchenko-esque role and it didn't suit uh Tierney you can't fit round pegs and square holes and and, yeah. and I think that that's a good point Dale go on sorry I was going to say one thing that um, we've touched on before is how young the side is as well how young the side is this is their first season being put in this situation right um, there's a lot of pressure on their shoulders from, from weeks ago now. Let's not forget, we've been top of the league every single week by one all season. Every single, and that's a lot of pressure on a young team's shoulders. And when you look at the likes of uh, Party and Zinni, when they're not performing or when they're not bringing that experience to the table as such, we, we do lack that little bit of, of, of old head on young shoulders, if you will. And I think that's where the mistake of not playing someone like Jorginho in a game like that, because Vieira hasn't got the Premier League experience, let alone experience uh, of, of being in this situation several games from the Premier League title I think Jorginho has been there he's done it for you know, he's done it at international level he's done it at club level in the Champions League and in the league I think that is that little bit of experience so it is on Arteta to sort it out but I think the way you do that is by bringing those big game players in the big experienced players in when you are missing your experienced players mm. Listen, here's a stat that matches today, but up about the influence of Saliba. We can see it. it there's a huge, huge difference that Saliba makes uh, to the overall performance of the team. And if we do have um, our, our, our our chosen first eleven, 
I don't think there's a team out there that can that can challenge us. And I think if we can get the the mix right for Wednesday, uh, and if we can give uh, to quote you, Trevor, and I, I know we're jumping ahead slightly, but we will come back if we put the first thirty minutes against Liverpool together with the first twenty minutes against West Ham and the last fifteen minutes against Southampton, and I said Bournemouth as well, we beat Man City. We'll come to that, and you can expand further on that afterwards. But uh, twenty minutes in, Martinelli. Um, scores with a Saka assist 2-1 and it looked like the tide was turning Trev what a goal what a finish that was what a goal what a finish that was and I honestly thought here we go now this is it now look how good we are look how good we are and, and, and we, we are now going to come back into this game and we're not going to do a Bournemouth and leave it till the last minute we're going to we're going to stroll away with this game now and we did have loads and loads of pressure didn't we we had loads and loads of pressure but we didn't score a goal and it came back to haunt us. It came back to haunt us badly when their third went in. But that goal from Martinelli, Fergus, was a crack, was, was a typical young Arsenal team goal. Great work down the flank. We, we don't cross it high because we haven't got the height. We do cross it high occasionally, but they know they've not got the height. Pull it back and there you are. There you've got Martinelli coming in to finish it. While we're talking about that kind of ball and a player like Martinelli finding that space in the box, which is what all our young players have been really exceptional at, this is where I'm starting to... And it's a different subject, so I'll only mention it and then we'll leave it, Fergus, because I know you want to move on to it later. But the, the best young player at doing that for us up until this season was Smith Rowe. Smith Rowe could find a yard in the box and score a goal. It, it, it could be a packed penalty area, but that young kid would find himself a yard, get a shot off. And I'm wondering what's going on behind the scenes that he's not getting a look in at all, not getting a look in at all. I don't know whether he's he's still playing up a bit from his injury or what, but that is starting to play on my mind a bit, that he's not getting as much game time as I thought he was worth before he got injured. But, uh, yeah, it's a, good, it's, a good, it's a good point and we'll probably talk about him when we look at um, the... the, the, the um, the, the city lineups and everything else, but you know what stood out for me, uh, Dan, was leading up to that goal beforehand. And when 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 we conceded, it was uh, Zinchenko and the togetherness among this team as well. Just a little clip, no video with it, but just a little clip of how much of a leader uh, he is. He's he's there in the centre circle. He's bringing everyone together. He's talking to everyone. He's basically banging their heads together and and having like a, a powwow in the centre of the pitch, similar to what Arteta does at the sidelines. Um, you know, some might say. At times, he can be, you know, uh, rash or out of position. We saw at Villa, there was people screaming, saying it was uh, all down to Zinchenko and his poor positioning. But he's got a huge amount to add to this squad. He's not out of position. He's in a position that Arteta puts him in and wants him to be. So he's doing what he's told by his manager. And I think that, that for me, is a fantastic clip. But one that's been picked apart by people in the media saying, one, it was a token gesture and... Honestly, it's absolutely ridiculous people that are questioning him saying, should he or shouldn't he be in the team? For what he offers us going forward and what he brings to our team, tactically, the spaces he creates, he's an absolute luxury to having that team. Um, and I think we should be very, very grateful that we've got not only a player that's great on the ball, but a player that is a leader and just loves the club. But there, there will always be vultures around this club. And, and I don't like naming names too much, but you know the likes of Troops, shouting after the game saying I'm being real he wouldn't know what being real on. was <laughs> like, yeah. they, they wouldn't know and then I, I don't I don't understand why people want to pick players apart especially when for me they've been fantastic but 
he brings a lot to the team and, and thankfully he's going to be a mainstay of that team for, for quite a while. Yeah. Um, into the second half, we went in 2-1. As Trevor said, uh, we, we stood and all had a beer and we all agreed that we weren't weren't worried about the second half. We could see uh, that, you know, the only way this was going to end up was with a, a comfortable victory for the Arsenal Dale. Um, Vieira subbed at 57 minutes for Jorginho. Um, and then 66 minutes in from a set piece, um, uh, we concede out of the blue, really. We concede um, uh, from, a, from a set piece again. And that's about the, I think that's got to be the fifth or sixth in the last 10 games that we've conceded from corners. An observation I, I, I thought as well was it was Friday, it was Eid, um, and uh, this game started in daylight. Just bear with me a second, but part converted to Muslim um, uh, about a year, 18 months ago. Could fasting and stuff like that have an impact? Talk about the, the conceding set pieces and maybe just bear that in mind that, uh, with your thoughts. Um, potentially. Um, but ultimately, when you're a professional footballer, I mean, you, you, you play the game regardless of the situation we're in. If you don't feel like you're up to playing for whatever reason, I mean, it's great that the club allowed them to fast, etc. went on game days. But if you don't feel like you can perform to your optimum level because of that, then I'd say tell the manager that before. Let the manager make that that, that choice. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, it, it is a worry when you look at how many goals we're conceding at the moment. But again, I think that comes down to the fact that we're making too many errors in midfield, which is which is exposing the back line. When you don't have the ability to to, to rely on Saliba, which we have done, there's no denying that. Then it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be uh, highlighted more, like it has been as of re- in the last three weeks, for example. Yeah. Yeah, no, agreed. Trevor, um, we go into we, we we've got the, the Southampton fans doing the Ponza at us. We've got them doing all A's. And eighty-eight minutes in, uh, captain our Viking, our Viking captain uh, grabs us back. Uh, a, a vital three-two. Um, we had seven minutes out of time in the in the first half. We knew that it was going to be some out of time with the injury, with the guy with the concussion on the side of the pitch, and he was adamant he wanted to come back on, but. Between the Southampton and the Arsenal doctors, they convinced him that he, or told him that he he wasn't coming back on again. But Odegaard got that goal back. Ninetieth minute, Saka gets a goal back, and we're going into you know, uh, I think it was ten minutes in the end of added time. It was officially eight, but it ended up being ten minutes of added time. Uh, and Trossard hits the post. I, I, I was nearly physically sick at one point. I was beside Dan and people tapped me on the back and stuff like that. It was just breathtaking. And I thought we were going Bournemouth all over again. Yeah, it, it was absolutely breathtaking, mate. It's, do you know what? We've, we, we've been a big, me, me in particular, I've given referees a lot of stick and officials a lot of stick on here this season. And in, I still think rightfully so. But in the case, as the case was on Friday, I think that the 17 minutes of added time we ended up playing was was absolutely bang on because the goalkeeper from minute one was was wasting time. I thought the referee could have booked him much, much earlier in the game, which would have stopped that. But at least they added the right amount of time on 17 minutes of injury time, which ended up seeing us able to come back into the game and, and be so unlucky not to win it at the end. When I watched the when I watch it back again and back again and back again, I think I honestly do think to myself, how did we give three goals away to that team? And how did we not win that game? Such an important game to um to um to, to lose two points in. But as I said, it's done now. I I'm not gonna linger on it. But yeah, it was it was a it was a breathtaking finish to the game. It if that goal ball had dipped under the bar from Trossard, well, I I, I dread to think what would have happened, but 
It didn't. It was free old Fergus. Um, I don't know. I don't. I'll let these boys talk about the game now. I'm I'm done with this bloody game. I don't listen. I, to be honest, I think this little video clip um, even features a Neville. Um, uh, I think sums it up for us all. An incredible match. A memorable match. But for both these sides, a tinge of regret and disappointment. Arsenal 2-0 down in this game, 3-1 down in this game, fought back. But in all honesty, when you look at the bigger picture, it's a game in which Southampton had the win in their grasp. It's a game in which Arsenal were expected to win, but couldn't. Well, his body's all over the pitch. It's been exhausting. But those Arsenal players know that... Look, they got back in the game. They got a point out of it. They've got to pick themselves up for the game of their lives at the Etihad on Wednesday night. It's not what they wanted before the game, but it's better than they would have hoped for with five, ten minutes to go. And they're still alive. And he claps the crowd, Mikel Arteta as he tries to rouse the people in this stadium, on the pitch and off the pitch, that it's not over yet. It's still in their hands, but they've got the huge task of going to the powerhouse that is Manchester City on Wednesday. Ferg. Oh, sorry, mate, I don't, I don't know if you were going to come to me or not. I'm sorry. No, go. That is such an important video. That is such an important clip. That sh it clearly shows those are all the Arsenal players at the end of the game, right? But I disagree with with. Oh, I'm, I'm pleased Gary Neville was giving us some praise, but I disagree with him slightly in that. Yeah, they, they, they'd finished the game, so they were tired from the game. They were worn out. But then players didn't give that body language because they were tired and worn out. They gave that body language because they'd drawn a game that they knew they wanted to win. And I love that. I love that those players were gutted at drawing a game of football. I harp on about it too much, maybe, but go back four or five years. Would have drawn a game like that, the players wouldn't have given two hoots, mate. They wouldn't have come to the fans. The manager wouldn't have come to the fans. They'd have all traipsed off the field and we'd never have heard any more, right? But, and it's so different now. That body language from them Arsenal players pleased me greatly. Pleased me greatly because I knew... They weren't knackered. They were tired from the game. But it, that body language wasn't because they were tired. It was because they knew they're better than that. They're better than that. And if they pick themselves up right for this Wednesday, right, if they remember that and pick themselves up, trust me, we're going to be right in it. Right in it. If we play to our worst, we're going to get hammered. Every team gets hammered if they play to their worst at sea. If we play to our best, trust me, our very best, Man City have got a game on their hands, a proper game, because them players want to win. They want to draw. They want to draw. They don't want to draw. You can see they don't want to draw. They want to win. And they're going to go out on Wednesday and they're going to play the game of their lives for us. Oh, I'm getting mm. all passionate now. Sorry, boys. Great thing, boys, that uh, that game did secure for us was it secures Champions League football uh, for next year. Um, there's another matter as well, but... <laughs> With, you know what? We were having a conversation just beforehand, uh, and it'd be interesting what the other guys think. But me and Dan were saying, and as I said, well, I was going to put up this Happy St. Totteringham's Day uh, poster. Dan, what was your response? It's probably the least 
that I've ever cared about since Ottingham's day because they're just, to me, an irrelevant club. They're not part of what we are. And, you know, this this also leads on the back of what Trevor just said. Finally, it feels for me, for once, that the fans and the players are just together as one. And all we care about is Arsenal Football Club and moving Arsenal Football Club forward. And we don't care about them. They're, they're not they're not on my mind. They, they cheered me up on Sunday, but they're, they're irrelevant. You know, we've got a game like that, where, as Trev said, they were gutted at the end of that. And the crowd was gutted too. And you heard the atmosphere, by the way. The fans, I think, need a round of applause because the way they reacted to every single goal, they were loud, they were supporting them the whole way through the game. And then the whistle blew and it just went silent. And it, it's like the fans were breathing with the players. And that, that's all we've ever wanted as fans is to feel like we're united with with our team. And I think we've, we've finally got that. Dale, um, your your final thoughts on that game, St. Tottenham's Day, qualification for the Champions League. Pile yeah. in there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's massively disappointing to, to uh, not just the last game, the last three, to, to, to do it in there and to, to throw away in the position we've thrown away in each of those games. But ultimately, at the start of the season, the, the aim was Champions League. Right? And I know the expectations change throughout that, but how good does it feel to be back at the top table? And you know what? I cannot wait to be at the Emirates when that Champions League theme plays through them to the, the speakers. And it's, oh, how good is that going to feel? How good is that going to feel? But final final four now as well. As you know, I couldn't make it on Friday. Um, but I just want to say that North London forever, that's the loudest I've heard on the TV ever. I don't know how it was in the ground, but it was outstanding on TV. It gets louder and louder and louder every time. And look, there's something seriously changing in our club. We know that. We can see that. Uh, you know, players, pundits uh, in the club see that. But even a former player who was on that pitch heard that North London forever. He thought the same. Have a listen to this. Time on here. The fans are brilliant, of course. But this is just a different level, isn't it? It's something... There's a great feeling about the club and just the sense of being behind the scenes. Everything's just new and fans believe in it and that's what we needed. And um, hopefully continue that support. And are City beatable? Yes, of course they are. Yes. This team can beat anyone, 100%. Do you think they will win the Premier League this season, Arsenal? It's going to be tough. It'll be tough. Um, obviously the game Wednesday, of course, it's going to determine that. Um, just don't lose. But I can't see City losing many games. So, But I, yeah, I still root for Arsenal, of course. Of course. You know, there's a few takeouts I, I, I took from that. He said, everything's new. Everything's different behind the scenes. Uh, he, he said, the fans believe. The fans are with the team and with the club. Um, I also took on, to, on, on top of that the fact that he's rooting for the Arsenal. And he also, as a player, believes. And, you know, he could have he could have swerved that very easily and said, like, you know, well, you know, it's going to be a big game and we'll see. And he did comment and mention that you know he can't see City dropping many points but Arsenal can beat anybody on the day Trevor yeah I I'd, once once I think uh, Dow said it before we come on here once an Arsenal man always an Arsenal man I thought that he conducted himself really well on, on Friday night he scored a goal could have done without that great finish um, but that interview just showed what a genuinely nice young man he is or not so young anymore and he cares about the Arsenal. And he's, as Lyle was rightly said there, you beat me to it, Ferg. He's, he's one of our own. He's absolutely one of our own. Um, yeah. And, and this North London forever before the game. Oh, my God. 
Oh my god! And and uh, you know, I was watching the players. Ramsdale was down our end, and the players. And as soon as we sing that last note of that song, that that note you can't hold, Ferg, mate. You know the one you you blow. Um, they all the players get going. You can yeah. see lift with it, and that's exactly why we do it, and that's exactly why it's needed. Oh, I'm so proud of Arsenal this season. So proud. Trev, can I just jump in there as well? One thing that you just said there, which uh, Tim, um, you know, it's uh, Lyle in the chat in the chat as well, was one of our own. What makes that comment from him even better is that he said, what has he said? This team can beat anybody, right? What makes that even better is the fact he's not actually one of our own. He's one of their own. He's one of theirs and he still acts like he's one of ours. That's what makes it even better for me. Yeah, get that. Get that, yeah. Oh, man. I've just had... <clears throat> Just right, a really but... crappy text. No, not really. Um, <clears throat> a good friend of mine. Uh, just carry on for a minute, lads. All right, take yourself off, Ferg. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Uh, where he's gone. That's all right. Um, I think I know what's going on there with Ferg, but I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to speculate. So um, we'll just carry on talking about our club, and I'll go and talk to Ferg in a minute. Um, so that's uh, with some Southampton up, really, haven't we? You know, we've 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 done the bits, done the pieces, done pulled it apart, pretty much ever. But at the end of the day, we're still positive about this game on Wednesday. Still, know we're a good enough side to win this game on Wednesday. I don't know how you boys feel. I'm, I, I don't know how you're going to feel. No, I'm, 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 you talk, yeah, yeah. No, I, th I think you're spot on, Trev. You know. And again, I don't know how you was feeling sort of Dell before the game, but or after the game. I come out of that Southampton game, and I know it's the same result against as, as West Ham, and arguably against what should be an easier team, I think, than West Ham on paper and at home rather than away. But I came out of that game a lot happier than I did from the West Ham game. And all I wanted after that West Ham game was a 90-minute performance in terms of effort. And I feel like we got it. And the, the, the players are young. The players made mistakes. They... They are going to be naive. They are going to, you know, that, that is what an inexperienced side does. But the effort and ha seeing that effort for 90 minutes is is all you can ask for as fans. And that, that goes both ways. The fans making effort. No, the, the atmosphere before the game on the concourse is one of the liveliest I've seen outside of like a derby game or, you know, a, a big game in terms of like a top four game. And the fans are transmitting back to the players and it's coming back to us as well. And yeah, you know, Keep it, keep it going. I think is all we can we can say, and bring it into Wednesday, and we've we've got every chance. No, do you know what, Dan? I just want to pick you up on that. I'm just sorry, Ferg. I'm just picking up on this, mate. I'm, I'm just letting the other. I'm listening. I'm listening. I have been listening. Um, yeah. You're going to the game on Wednesday. I'm asking Dan this because he's going, Dal. So I do apologise, mate. Um, I, I'm going to the game on Wednesday, knowing that under no circumstances will I leave that stadium thinking that the Arsenal players on that field haven't given their all. I know that win, lose or draw, I will leave that stadium thinking, oh, maybe we could have played a bit better. Maybe we could have done this differently. But I honestly will know that we have given, every player on that field has given 100%. And that's all I ask. I don't know what you're like, Dan, with that, but that's all I ask, mate. Yeah, exactly. That is all That is all we ask as fans. But ultimately, I think we've now got players that want it as much as we do as fans. And I think I've, I've not really felt like that for a long, long time to think that players want it as much as we do. We've always had players that give their all and really want to win. And, and ultimately, they're professionals and they want to win things. But I've never felt like someone wants it as much as we do as a fan. And I think that is a another level to that team. 
Um, and that is transmitted from, from Arteta through to the young guys coming through. And now the guys that are, you know, proper, proper leaders in that team. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that, Dale? Just when it comes yeah, to leaving the ground, reflecting on a, on a game, what's your thoughts on the players? Well, I, I tried to remain emotionless for the first 24 hours, um, especially after a, a disappointment. The reason I say that is because it's quite easy for people to overreact and not think about what they're saying or, or say things they don't mean. Um, so I always tend to look back on and, and Friday night I was absolutely devastated. I'm not going to lie. And I, and I was Saturday morning, but I look back and I look at, I try to take the positives out of it. And some of, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep this with me all season, I think, and especially in times like we're going into games like Wednesday, we're going against, uh, to Man City, right? A place we have got a terrible record in recent years against the team. We've got a terrible record against in recent years. I think they've won 12 on a bounce, is it? 12 on a row against us. Not even a draw in there. 12 in a row. Theo Walcott just could not have said it better of himself. This team can beat anybody. One of the best phrases I've heard all season. And when you look at the dejected players laying on the pitch um, after Friday night, like you say, they weren't knackered. They were, they were disappointed with themselves. They were fuming. And I think if they listen to those words by Theo, no doubt Mikel Arteta is drumming that into them. Um, all the time. We can go into that game on Wednesday and surprise a lot of people. We can surprise a lot of people. And I don't think there's any shame. And for the footballing world, take away what we want. For the footballing world, most people expect Man City to beat us. If, if we say, if we put it in black and white, most people expect City to win, right? So if City win, so what? They're right. But what if? What if we go out there and beat them? Title race is right back open. Listen, if we look if we look up to the city game um and uh we're going to have no Saliba which we we've heard about and probably no Saliba till the end of the season um city will have no Ake uh you know what are we going to do with starting 11 you mentioned ESR earlier on um uh you know does ESR who has featured on the bench recently um he's uh you know is it is he does, does he get a start Trev you, you you brought him up earlier so I'm trying yeah, to get back well, into it. I'm trying to get back into it. Yeah, yeah. All right, mate. All right, mate. Um, I, I don't know if Smith Road deserves a start because there's obviously go, something going on in training or something with his fitness that's that's limiting his game time because we all know he's good enough to play in this side when he's at his best. So I'm not going to speculate on that because I just hope the young lad is just getting his form back and he'll be fine. Um, as for the game against um, Manchester City, I don't think I want Vieira to start. I want I want Xhaka to be back with party because, I, I, as, as I said earlier, I'm of the opinion that Zinchenko is a safer, better left back when we've got Xhaka and party playing. Um, so I want I want to see our midfield like that. I want to see if anyone needs to come on. I want to see Jorginho coming on when we're five nil up just to shore things up. You know. Um, I'm still not sure up front, and I'm going to watch the boys' faces here, and they'll come back at me. I'm sure. I'm still not sure who I want through the middle up front. I can see so many benefits to each one of them. It's a toss of a coin for me. Um, Jesus, Trossard, Trossard, Jesus. I don't know. I don't know. But maybe for this Man City game, maybe he changes it and starts Trossard and brings Jesus on. I don't know. Be interested to see what, what Dale and, and Dan have to say, Ferg. Dan, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in there to digest, right? I think starting with um, with ESR, we saw this similarly with Martinelli. 
where everyone was screaming, saying, give him a game, give him a game. And and Arteta took his time and he waited, I think, until the right moment. He brought him in and it worked. I'm hoping it's the same sort of thing with ESR. There's there's lots of rumours saying about, have they fallen out? I, I don't know. I, for me, I think there's there's lots of rumours going to go on in the media because he's not playing. And what we have found with his Arsenal team is no one really knows because they keep it, they're a tight-knit bunch and they keep it behind closed doors. So I think his time will come at the right point. I don't think this is the game for him. I think if we're looking at the front four, even that Southampton game, people were criticising, the last few games criticising Saka. Saka absolutely ruined their fullback, as did Martinelli. And for me, they're both nailed on to start. And I think Jesus... People forget what he's brought to this team. And then, and look, Trossard has been fantastic, but I think Jesus is just a level above. And I think back against his old side with a point to prove, for me, he should definitely start. I really hope Xhaka starts because I think he brings a lot to the team. Ultimately, if he doesn't play, I think I agree with you, Trev. I think I'd start Jorginho alongside Partey. You know, that that game, the home game against City early in the season that we lost, Jorginho came in for Partey. Partey didn't play that game. And Jorginho had a fantastic game where everyone was writing him off. And this could be the game for him. And then ultimately, you're looking at the back five, and I think the back five picks itself, depending on who's fit, because we do have limited options. Um, ben White's going to be nailed on, I think, at fullback. I think Zinchenko, for the same reason, he's going to be fired up against his old team. And then we've got Gabriel and Holding. I, I don't think Saliba's going to be fit. I think let's go with what's worked over the course of the season. Why, why recreate the wheel now when... Uh, you know, that's that's what's been working for us. So get behind the boys. And I think that they've got every every chance of um, of beating City. And people say we haven't won there for 12 games. We did win in the FA Cup. And we won in the FA Cup with the likes of Pepe and Aubameyang. And, and even, you know, Danny Ceballos was playing in midfield. And I can't remember the rest of the lineup, But some players that are nowhere near the level of this team. So if we can do it then, we can do it now with an even better team. Perfect segue uh, to say and ask Dale, uh, Dale, um, would you consider uh, Reese Nelson in the starting lineup? Because his pace has been a bit electric when, like, at the end of the Southampton game, he he tracked back. I haven't got the video clip. He tracked back and and created an opportunity for Trossard to 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 score. Would you would you consider Nelson at, at all? In a word, no. <laughs> in, in a word, no. I, I like him. I think he's a great impact player, but I don't think he's got enough to to be in the starting eleven at the moment. And if he does, who do you take out? Um, I think what's an interesting one um, is left back. Now I know we're saying um, Zinni is. I mean, someone put in the comments about uh, Jesus playing like a man possessed. I do think Jesus is the right uh, to start top. Zinchenko, I'd have a question mark over. Uh, and the reason I say that is not because of his ability, but because of, um, one, his passion. He's, he's extremely passionate. And a couple of times against Southampton, we see him kick out when he didn't get the right uh, the right thing. Can we afford to have a, a, a passionate um, uh, Zinchenko um, in a position where he's potentially up against Riyad Mahrez, who is one hell of a player, by the way, um, and scored a, scored a fantastic hat-trick um, in the FA Cup. Whereas defensively, we're probably going to be, need to be a bit more solid. Um, so is Tierney the right one? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But I think Xhaka is probably the most important player in this because he brings the best out of Partey. But Partey brings the most out of Xhaka. I think them two there is where the focus should be. Not on who starts left back, who starts up front. Do we bring these people in? We should be praying that Granit Xhaka is fit for that game. Very, very good point. And who would have thought that if That's we had brilliant. said it two years ago, Trev? 
it, it, it's a brilliant point, Ferg. And, and the reason it's a brilliant point from my perspective is that Arsenal play a bit like Man City do. We're starting to pick that. We, we get the ball wide quickly and we let our wide players do, do the work, right? Um, and Man City have been doing that for, for years. They keep their wide players really wide, really wide. And as soon as one of them's got a bit, a bit of space, they, they pop the ball out to them and away they go. And is Zinchenko's style of defending suited to defend to playing against a side that that makes so much space down the flanks and plays so many balls down the, sp- the flanks, especially when you've got no Saliba in there because Gabriel goes across and covers for Zinchenko. But if you're playing against Man City, can can Gabriel afford to leave that space down the middle and leave holding on his own? So. Yeah, there's there's absolutely a massive case for playing Tierney in this game. There really is a case for playing Tierney in this game. Whether that means you, you drop Zinchenko completely or you find him another space in the side, that you play three across the middle if 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 Xhaka fit, you play Zinchenko, Xhaka and Party, and 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 really just miss miss. I don't know, who would you drop out of the four up front? It's such a conundrum. It's a great conundrum to have because we're talking about brilliant players. But it, it, it does worry me, Zinchenko's style of defending against Manchester City. And there is a case, as I said, for Tierney coming into the side, I think. I think. You can't you can't lose Erdegaard there, though, uh, though Trev. I'm not, I'm not suggesting you said that to drop him, but obviously the, the one in that midfield three then would come out would, would be Erdegaard unless you're dropping a wide player and Erdegaard was was brilliant in that the end of that Southampton game, just absolutely driving us forward. Um, well, you, you see what then? You, you, you've hit the nail on the head, mate. You've hit, this is where the conundrum comes in, son. Because can you afford to drop one of that front four? I class Odegaard as one of the front four, yeah, to make room for another midfielder. Because but you you playing the style of game we play, you can't because yeah. we rely very much. Jack Party win the ball. And give it to either Martinelli, Saka, Jesus or Odegaard and say, get on with it. And that's where our strengths lie. So you can't really drop, you can't really move that front four about too much. So yeah. it is a conundrum. It's a massive conundrum, but I see exactly what you're saying, Dan. Yeah, I think the, the question is, right, is, is are we going to play on the front foot or try to play on the front foot like we normally do? In which case, I think I'm all for Zinchenko playing and, and trying to get on the ball as we normally do. Or are we actually going to sit in a bit and try and hit him in the space? Because if we are going to sit in, I'd probably agree that Tierney would play. Um, but there was a comment saying, worry about Rob Holding. Now, look, I've made lots of comments about Rob Holding, but this is probably the one game I don't worry about him in because I don't think we are going to have as much of the ball that we normally have. So we are going to be in a position where we need to defend. And we saw in that FA Cup game away at City earlier in the season that that first half, Rob Holding battled and dealt with Haaland very, very well. The only question with that is, can he hold his head and 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 not be a bit rash and pick up bookings early on in the first half. If he doesn't do that, I think I've got no worries about him. I think he'll deal with Haaland. I think that Arteta should be saying to either Gabriel or Holding, you get on Haaland and you don't move more than two foot away from him for the whole game. Because we've seen that happen to Haaland earlier in the season and he completely lost his marbles, Haaland. Completely spat his dummies out and, and chucked his toys out of the pram. For that one game, because he wasn't given any space. If if I was Arteta, I'd be saying to one of them two centre backs of ours, you do not let Haaland get more than two foot away from you. To so just just play him off the park. 
Who knows? And 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 to be honest, wasn't it Rob Holding um, that had him in? Who, who which which defense? No, it was Saliba had him in his pocket, didn't he? Um, uh, a little yeah, while they had back. half a game each in the FA Cup, didn't they? Forty-five minutes yeah. was Holding came off, and then Saliba came on because Partey came off with him. So, but they both yeah. did very well against him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the key to keeping uh, Haaland quiet is keeping De Bruyne quiet. Dell. I don't know. Both, let's, let's, let's face it, right? They're both top players. They really are. Um, <laughs> there's, there's no easy answer to that, right? If there was, I'm guessing the other 18 teams and managers in the Premier League would have found that out by now. But um, the reality is he's a, he's a beast of a striker. He's got a great left foot, right foot and head. And he's also lightning fast, which don't help. Um, but at the same time, you've got De Bruyne, who is, is arguably had a quiet season for De Bruyne. But as we saw in the last game, he can turn it on any minute. Um mm. I'll just touch on something Dan just said, actually. He said about the, the possession we're not going to have as much as we normally do, which part of me agrees with. But you, you may remember the game at the Emirates where the second half, I think we had something like 78% possession or something at fly out, wasn't it? And they were saying it's the first time City have had that little possession in a, in a, in a half of football under Pep. So, it's, I mean, they're, they're certainly there. I mean, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy because it really isn't. And we've done it once. Can we do it again? We're- if, if if we look back, like talk about the FA Cup game, if you look back at the the last two or three performances, look, I've got I've got the head to heads. The head to heads don't look great. We haven't beaten them since 2015 in the league. Uh, our form guide, you know, our, our form going into the game as we've drawn the last three, they've won all of the the last five. But if we look at the way we performed against City, uh, even in the FA Cup when we lost one nil, I wasn't um, wasn't disappointed. For various reasons, but if we go back to the game at the Emirates earlier in this season when it was three two, um, two of those goals were our, our own undoing. And then if we go back to the one on the New Year, uh, New Year's Day, uh, two of those incidents that led to goals where we were by far the better team were down to poor VAR, poor officiating. I'm not looking for excuses, but what I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to get at in there is that. We are as close a match to Man City as any team in this league can be. And 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 that's hugely important for everybody to keep in their mind. Don't go into this with a defeatist attitude. And this is what his light bulb, his whatever he wants to use, Arteta is going to use. He's got to use those examples of how close they were. And if they can keep their mental strength together and not make those fuck-ups that we've made in the last few games, we can go and, and take the game to them. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, Fergus. You sort of answered a question I asked myself today, right? Since we took the beating at Man City, was it the start of the season before last, wasn't it? We got absolutely yeah. hammered at Man City. 5-0, yeah, 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 yeah. Since then, the Arteta effect has been gradually growing. The young players have been gradually developing. And each time we played City since then, we've been getting closer and closer and closer. And we've got to the stage where we lost the last game to them and we were the better side. So have we now taken that little bit of a further step and we're now close enough to them to, to, to turn them over? We're the only team in the league that can. You're right, Fergus. You're exactly right, mate. You can't state it enough, Fergus. We are, we, we've got to think about how great our team is. We are the only team in the league that's been capable of challenging Manchester City this year. And I'm sure we're even closer now to beating them. We've been growing and growing and growing. Whether we're close enough, who knows? We'll find out on Wednesday. But we're right on it. We're right on it, boys. 
Listen, if you like what we're talking about, you know what to do. Click on the like, click on the subscribe button. If you're on audio, go over to um, YouTube and click on subscribe. I've even got a time machine because I've actually got, you're not going to believe this, but I'm, I'm going to say nothing. I'll just leave you watch this. Something I want to see what that goal was. The way they were describing that goal, I want to see who scored and what it was. There's another one which is like a 3-2. And there's some people on TikTok have been absolutely brilliant in putting them together, uh, which it, I entitled that little clip at the bottom because I'm not going to jinx it or say nothing. And if you're listening on audio, get onto the YouTube at uh, one minute, bang on one hour uh, and you'll see um, what we saw. Uh, but yeah, I call, I, I call the clip, what if, what if. Uh, boys, um, get through this game. And the run-in is, uh, for Arsenal, we've got Chelsea at home, Newcastle away, Brighton at home, Forest away, and Wolves at home. Uh, and we can see what um, Man City have. They've got Fulham, West Ham, Leeds, Everton, Chelsea, Brighton, and Brentford. Plus, uh, after the season finishes, they play Man United in the FA Cup final, which they won't want to lose. And they've got a small matter of the Champions League two-legged semi-final. You know, there's a lot, a lot of factors to be played in there. Um, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think we probably can, you know, there's no saying why we can't get something up there. If we get a draw, is it, is it too little? You know, because I think there's a few more twists and turns in this. And I, I think there could be twists and turns on both sides because we do have to go to Newcastle away. And you saw what Newcastle did to that little team from Middlesex uh, yesterday. That was hilarious. I was in the pub watching it um, with a crowd of West Ham fans and the, the Tottenham fans and 20 minutes in, they're crying. Honestly, it was hilarious. But is a draw enough, Dan? It's enough if we win our other games, in my opinion. I I do think City will drop, in, in all fairness, I would say two points. I think somewhere along the line, they slip up and get a draw. And I think it comes around the time when they've got to play Real Madrid either side of the Everton game followed by Chelsea, Brighton, Brentford. That's not an easy run every three or four days. And I think somewhere along the lines, if injuries or you know a couple of injuries, it can, it can take a, a small, small error, lack of concentration from fatigue, anything can cause it. And I think they drop points. But we've got to be in a position to take advantage of that. And that means for me winning the rest of their games um, if we draw at City. If we win at City... Um, I do believe that we'll go on to win it. That's my my belief. And I also do believe that if we lose it, I don't think we will. Dale? Pretty much exactly that. Um, there was a comment in the things there saying City won't drop any points. They're, they're notorious for getting stronger as the season goes on. And I think they have done exactly that. They look unstoppable at times, um, which is why I think if somebody's going to stop them, it's going to be us. I would go as far as to say, if we win on Wednesday, we go on to win the league. If we don't, it's City. I don't think a draw is good enough, unfortunately. Although I'd like to believe it. I just can't see a draw being enough for us to do it. Trevor, I'm going to ask you the same question. Please don't give your score prediction until I have done my next video clip. I'm, I'm well prepared for this, haven't I? <laughs> um, 
I think that th this is the key game of the season. I worry greatly about the games to come at Newcastle and Brighton at home. Brighton are playing ever so well at the moment. I think we're capable of going to win at Manchester City. And I think if we win there, then it's 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 definitely ours to lose. It's definitely ours to lose. It's, it's the key game of the season. But what we've got to remember is, as Dal mentioned, I think we've all mentioned it actually, we're going to go to City and we're going to challenge them. Win, lose or draw, we're going to challenge them and we're going to test them and we're going to be right behind them in the league and we're the only team that's been capable of doing that this season. Um, so, yeah, I think we I think we need to win it to have a, a, a massive chance. Draw it and it's not the end of the world. Lose it and it's backs to the wall and I, I, think, I don't think we'll make it, to be honest. Yeah, just just one quick comment on that, Trev. You said about you, you worried about Newcastle. I think Newcastle worries a lot of people, right? Because they are they are a good side. We've seen that what they can do to average sides. And all we need is a second wind. If yeah. we one one little moment to change momentum, and I do believe then we'll go on and we'll be able to win the, the remaining games. Just just something to kickstart us again. We just need a little a little pick me up. We've seen how quickly momentum can change. You know, one draw, one late goal conceded at Anfield and it's ended up in three games where we've drawn. The same can happen with City and it doesn't even have to be in the league. It can be in the Champions League. It could be losing the first leg to Real Madrid and all of a sudden the mind comes off of the next game and it's back onto the second leg. And it's just a little a little moment. All we need is a moment. And it's moments that change seasons and moments that, that win titles. I, I, and moments I, like this... And moments like this in Camden earlier this week. Trevor, can I now have your score prediction for the Arsenal uh, yeah. travelling away to Man City? I'm expecting a four or five nil drub uh, drubbing of Man City. After that. I am unashamedly, unashamedly going to let my heart rule my head, right? Unashamedly. And my heart is saying two nil to the Arsenal. Okay, and we'll stop you there. Dale, uh, can I have your um, prediction for a score at the Etihad? Going to follow George Graham. Go one 0 to the Arsenal. Dan, never had such a difficult question in my life. Um, careful, Danny. Careful, boy. <laughs> my head says something has to change, and my heart says three-one. So I'm going to go with three-one. Good boy, wow. good lad. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, I'm I'm with Dell. I'm going one nil to the Arsenal. Although the, 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 it does stick in my head, we don't keep a clean sheet. So, yeah, that does that does worry me a little bit. That does worry me a little bit. Uh, 
Boys, um, there is a small matter of the FA Cup semi uh, final uh, tomorrow night at the Emirates Stadium for the under-18s. That was mentioned in the comments. Um, uh, Arsenal versus West Ham. West Ham going there as favourites. Season ticket and red members and silver members were, uh, well, season ticket holders at least were offered tickets. And tickets are next to dirt cheap on general sale. Uh, so if you haven't got yourself a ticket, get down there now. Uh, the the women had a a really lucky escape, a bird strike, um, no puns, um, on a plane uh, as they were flying out of Wolfsburg. Uh, thankfully, they're all safe, I believe, and they're coming back from from Germany. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, somebody say something. Nope, no, no, I can, I just, I can hear myself. Sorry, that, that's all right, uh, guys. Uh, on to Wednesday. On to Wednesday. Have we got any Trev time? Yeah, Ferg. Listen, I, I just want to say this before the season ends, right? Because if, if I said this when the season had ended, then I could have been called a hypocrite or, or a sad case or that. But right, listen, Arsenal can finish first, second, third, or fourth in the league now, right? And if we don't win the league, I'll obviously be be gutted, absolutely gutted. I'll be down and I'll be thinking, what if, what if? But if we don't win the league and we finish second, third or fourth, I'm not going to be totally devastated. Not being totally devastated. Because I've got one thing going on in my head, right? I've got one thing going on in my head. This team has given me the, the best Arsenal season I've had for years. The best Arsenal season I've had for years. And they've done that at such a young age that I know in my head, I know that with our young team and our young manager, this is just a start. This is just a start. There's more to come. So I'd urge every Arsenal fan on this planet, if we lose at City and we ended up finishing second or third or even fourth in the league, don't get on their back. Think of what's happened all season. Look at the bigger picture. Think about what our team are capable of. Look at some of the amazing football they've played. Football that's made me lose my breath. You know, at times we're, we're that good. We're the greatest young player in the world in Bukayo Saka. I personally firmly believe we have one of the greatest young managers in the world in in Mikel Arteta. And I'll, I'll, I will end this season wherever we finish in the league thinking there's more to come and I will not be able to wait for next season. Watch the improvement. And it's just, it's been a fantastic season. And who knows where we're going to finish? But I'll be on a high regardless of what. I can't put it any better than that. Um, guys, uh, I think we've answered everybody's question. I think is, uh, Heath's one, I got I got distracted slightly. Heath's one about Zinchenko has all been covered. Um, did we uh, get your prediction, Vogue? Yeah, I did. I said 1-0. Oh, answer. I must have been looking at something else. Never mind. <laughs> you must have been. Dreaming about the win. Uh, dreaming about the win. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, listen, in the middle of that, I got a message from a friend. Uh, I, as many of you know, I run Arsenal Fans Forum. And Arsenal Fans Forum is not only run by me, but a, a team of 10 or 12 various admins and moderators around the world that uh, try and uh, help me do the job and help maintain a standard on there. And sadly... Um, uh, one of the moderators, one of my friends, uh, one of the guys I first started going to football with and used to have, uh, funnily enough, where you were, Dan, uh, used to have a seat next to me, uh, sadly passed away today, age 44, leaving a, wa- a wife and two children. Neil, rest in peace, mate. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. I'll tell you what, if anybody sees that little bit of this clip, right, and they can send it to an Arsenal player, send it to him and say to him, do it for him. 
do it for him at a young age. Let's let's win this league for him. So sorry to hear that. Let's go and win it. And I'll tell you what, I for one, this 60-year-old bloke who should know better will leave that ground on Wednesday night with no voice, knackered, black and blue, probably break me glasses, and I don't care. I don't care because I'm going to watch my great team. And let's hope they do it for this young man, eh? All the best and thoughts with his family. God bless. Guys, on that note, um, we're going to go. Thank you very much, Up the Arsenal. Let's do this Wednesday. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. 